I will record myself. So um, uh, I also have to first thank my good friend Rabbi Israel Navarez for um, having me here and for making this evening possible. Um, the topic, which is a very actual topic for everyone, is we live in a very affluent world. So you think affluence means money. No. The internet is only another f- way of being affluent. Affluent is the same thing. Internet is being a different way of being affluent. Nothing to do with money. Affluence doesn't mean money. Affluence means that you have endless resources. The resources are not limiting you. That's what affluence means. So you can't put it in money. So you have enough money to buy anything you want. And when you have an internet, then you have enough information to keep you busy for 24-7. Um, yeah, or not. Whatever information you want. But that is, affluence means that the resources don't end. That's what affluence means. We live in such a world. We live in a world which the reality of the world does not um, pose po- doesn't pose to us the reality that no, you can't cross that border or you can't go there. It's simply impossible. You know, you can't. When you want to go with the old time, you want to go to from Erzsel to America. Then uh, I wouldn't know how I showed Mr. for. It would take about a few, a few good few years before I would even have to have a minute to go to come to Florida. Whenever you would live in Florida at that time, you know, it wasn't a good idea at that time. So, but uh, but it is. But today, today the, the 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 world doesn't put limitations, much less. And affluence means that you can overcome those limitations. You have enough resources to overcome all the limitations. People over here in in the States or in the world today, they feel that this is a big a big broch, a big blessing. Yeah? There's no limits to your possibilities and you can you can think about everything, you can know everything. It's an unbelievable good place when you for example, uh, you know how the cousin of the internet, which is Haredi, is called. You know, the internet has a cousin, which is Haredi. Um, it's called Oitzrachochme. It's the very same thing as the internet, only it's the Haredi cousin of that thing. You know, it's and it's exactly the same limitless op- op- uh, possibilities of getting Torah information. There are no boundaries. You don't have to know everything. You have to be able to search. But then uh, there you have to, the information is available all over. And this is a big broche. So I think the way it says, we'll speak about the opportunities afterwards. The way it says also in the, the first was that there is a problem with affluence. The problem is in Yeshaya mentioned, the way already said over here by the table, he says 
In Yeshayim Perek Beis, that's the way Rav Olber learned his Psukim. He says, um, he says an illustration on the Klal Yisrael. He says, Matimole Arzoi Kesev Azov, Venke Tzele Oitzroisov. That you have money available, limitless, without limit. Matimole Arzoi Susim, Venke Tzele Merkaboisov. You have um, transportation available when you want like this, or susim, or forces you have available, limitless, without limits. And that's, this whole thing is a nearly uh, 100% accurate uh, illustration on today, you know, you know, when you play with the internet, so so and you are mishtachave to that, you are bottled to that. You just that's what you are doing. You think that is your fulfillment. That is where you will feel will find what you want. You are mishtachave. of mishtachave. Yeah, also it's boysov. And what is the result of that? Vayishach odom vayishpal ish. The result of that is that the humanity or the human being becomes small. That means the human being it becomes small out of affluence. That means when there is a limitless resource, which that's in the modern American society for sure, considered one of the biggest, uh, uh, the biggest. Uh, uh, the, the things you are aiming for. You want to have limitless resources. That would be the best. But Yeshaya Novi says, when you live in a world of limitless resources, you are, use, you are losing your humanity. Someone wants to sit here? You want to sit here? You can sit. You can sit. You can sit. You can sit. So when you want, when you have, uh, when you live, when you, when you, when you have, uh, when you live in a world which the resources are limitless, your humanity is gone or is about to be gone. And now Yeshaya Novi says something which is chilling, as because you never say that. You never say that. You wouldn't say that on any Avera in the world. But Yeshaya Novi on that thing he says, You should not forgive them. Yeah, that's the way the Mashgir read the Psukim with them, on them, You should not forgive them. You never say that. You never, ever. You don't say on any, uh, you, 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 when a person is over Kibbalaveras, uh, you know, it makes the, more, the most severe transgression of Torah. No Novi will ever say you shouldn't forgive. The Novim always say you should forgive them, you should you have mercy, or whatever you say it in. It's not such a nice, I think it's not such a nice word to say it in a. In a Christian environment, mercy, you know, but you have, you should have, you should forgive them or something like this. Slicha, that's right. You should, you should do that. No, on that one, there is no, no excuse. You should not forgive them, because that's an 
impossible thing to live with. This losing of humanity, there is no one there to forgive. There's no one there. There's no person left. There's no one there anymore to forgive. This is the problem we have today in our society. When we think about affluence, it's a big, big mistake to think about money. It's a big mistake. You have to think about um, unlimited resources. That's what affluence means. And when you, have, when you are living such a life, and you are, and we will have that soon, we'll, you are concentrating this, these limitless resources for your own advantage. You want to... To, to develop yourself. You want to be bigger. You want to have fun. You want whatever you want. The limitless resources will make that you will lose humanity. Why is that? What is so bad about that? This is a central question in our modern society. When you are looking through and you are listening through the people, everyone, nearly everyone in the world is, is giving over the message that it is a desirable thing that the resources should be limitless. That's right. We are living in a world where we want that all the children should have the asset to all the knowledge in the world. Are you crazy? Is it interesting for you what's the weather in Singapore now? Why should you have a possibility to have a ass to, 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 to know that? What would make, make that you a better person? Very simple question, no? Why should it be a good thing that everything you, you, you desire or you want or you have even a havamina, you have a a fame, a, a very faint interest in something. Yeah, very. You should be able to know it immediately. Why should that be good? Why should that? People today think like this. Yeah, and then you get all uh, like you get spread out, and you are not concentrated anywhere, because that is what human interest or you would say the, the godless, when you want to say the godless of the seeming godless of the Yetzirah makes you believe that what more broad you are, what more expanded you are, you are bigger. Yeah? That means I am not only uh, this, I am much bigger and I have more possibilities and I'm even bigger and I'm more and more and more and more and that is what a human being has to be. The point of a human being is not like this. The point of a human being is that he is living himself in a world and that's why you can't forgive a person. He is living himself in a world which has a um, different flights. That means it's, it's a first, um, first different, like a, a, a home with different le levels. Yeah, different. Uh, yeah, different. He lives in different levels, 
a growing a person is the one, the only creature in the world, which is living in different levels. That's what a person is about. That's what a human being is about. Uh, a, a behavior doesn't have that, you know. When you make uh, experiments with uh, mice or with rats or with or whatever it is, can be the most the most sophisticated experiments which there are unbelievable things going on in these creatures but they never reveal another layer they never reveal no there's an entirely different layer going on when you are a human being then you can eat your food the way we have such good food you know I didn't know that you prepare sushi I tried to eat with the sticks you know yeah, I was able to do once and then I gave up on it but uh, but uh, you can eat, you can eat in order that you should fulfill your, your desire for food. You can eat that you want to have a korosatev to the boiroilo. You can eat in a way that you are misanegal Hashem. You can eat in all different kinds of layers. You do the exact same thing, but you eat in different layers. Human being is only like that, the only one. There's no other creature in the world which can do that, only the human being. Now, when you want to forgive a person, the Boer will never say, I forgive a person because I, I forgive to someone because uh, never mind what he did. What never mind what he did? What does that mean? Why, why never mind? You did it. Then you say, no, don't take it so seriously. It was okay. Why should Hashem look like this? No. When Hashem will forgive an Avera, he says, that person has a different layer to him. He has a layer where this Avera was not actual there, actually there. And that's why I can't forgive him. But when you are living a life of limitless resources, you lose this multi-layered person. And instead of building like this, you build like that. Huh? And you lose the possibility that you should have Something deeper. You have a lot of knowledge. That's the, that's the very problem of Eutra Hochme. The very problem. You think knowledge means thinking. Knowledge is the enemy of thinking. Because when you know something, you don't have to think. You know it. Knowledge is the enemy of thinking. Yeah? It's the enemy. You have to have limited resources. Now you have Rush in front of you, and now that's a question. What do you do when you want to think? Then you take this Rashi, put it in your head. You will go to this window. I hope it's not breakable so much. And you put your head to the window. Pah! Or the window will break, or your head will break. And then you'll understand. That means you have to grow. You have to stand. There's something over here which is deeper, more but when I have limitless knowledge, then you say, over here, ah, let's look the Metsudas, or let's look the, the Maskele Dovid in Rashi, or where, let's look here, let's look at the Gur Arya, Efshador, Efshador, and we're not in the Efshadas Fas Emes, and then perhaps other Hasidic form, and perhaps that's Torah from Rabbi Yeruchim, and then perhaps this, and what is with your thinking? Zero. Efes. Why? endless information available and your whole thinking process is dying huh 
And there's no depth going on. Nothing. And then Hashem says, why should I forgive that person? Because there's no other layer. That's what he is. He's very broad. He's very expanded. It's unbelievable. This expansion of the person. But there's no other layer going on. You are able to be human because you are, have a limited space to be in your inside world or whatever it is. There's a limited space. And now you have to do with that whatever you can do with that and you will grow. You have to see, I can be bigger. I can grow. I want to expand. But I can't expand like this. I can't be flat. I can't be only expanding out of these resources which are available. I have to do something which I expand in depth, in greatness, in growing. Then you are a human being. But when all the limitless resources are available, you don't do that. It's a disaster. People, look, I, ha I had that. I was, uh, over here you are in Miami, you don't know, uh, Moshe Adato, someone knows him? You know, you know Moshe Adato? No? So Moshe Adato is a principal in somewhere there in the, where? San Diego. San Diego. And I was driving him with a car, and he, has a, he had uh, one of his students, he wanted to go to Princeton. <coughs> no, Okay. So I, I tried to put a bow tie, you know, you want to go to the Institute of Advanced Salaries, you know, that's what it is. So, uh, so uh, that's what they say, that's right. So, so you go to want to learn in Princeton, intelligent guy. So I asked him, um, uh, do you know how an atom is built? Yes. Then I asked him, so the electrons are going around the the kernel, which is positive, you know, protons and neutrons, yes. So tell me, the plus and minus are attracting each other. Why are the electrons not falling into the kernel in, in, uh, immediately, you know? They just, they attract each other, no? So, finished. Finita la comedia, no atom. Why should there be any atom uh, around, you know? Why should that be? So he said, he began to say the biggest, uh, one of the biggest nonsense, which you could say, it is because they go so quick around, they have a force, centrifugal force, which pushes them out. So, so I told him, no, that's, that's nonsense. No, that doesn't work like this. No, that, would, that would last uh, 10 vejescas minus 47 seconds or something like this. It would, it would collapse immediately, you know. It doesn't work like this. So we're sitting there in the back, and I'm sitting in the front, and suddenly he begins to say, no, it is because of this, and it's because of that. So I, I turned over to, to Adato. I was sitting in the front of the car. I turned over to Adato and said, wow, your student begins to speak, you know. Now I hear, that sounds better now. And I thought that he is an intelligent boy. He can go to Princeton. And Adato knew better. And he looked in the, in the, in the back uh, you know, the mirror, and ask him, did you think about that yourself, or you Googled it? And then he says, oh, I Googled it, you know, okay. Okay, so that's the way you think you'll, you'll study physics? So today the answer is, yes. That's the way you study physics, yes. That is the way. Yeah, indeed. Only the most advanced people they will think something really on their own. 
the other one are gathering. You know, you take a paper here. I was once sitting with a person, a lady person, which it was, uh, uh, I have nothing against, uh, I am, okay, I may say that she was a lady which she very much wanted to introduce academia into the Tzibo. The intelligent person was sitting across me by my son made a Hanukkah Zabais, and then we spoke together and she was very much complaining about that in the Haredi Tzibur by the Yeshiva Bochim they don't think original by their own. They only they think um, they, 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 are, they, they don't think really on their own. You know you say and that made me a little bit nervous not, not too much. A little bit made me nervous that you make this this general argument, and then we spoke together, and then I told her, and I want to give you an idea what I thought. I thought that when you say the real bending into the Beroilom is that you bend when you say you. That means Boruch Ato. Then that's Anove. I say you, but I bend. Because normally when you go to a person, let's say that so the Queen of England is gone, now we have a king, so you so you would go to the to the King of England and you, and you say, His Majesty the King. That's what you do. And then you bend. Because you say in the third person. But when you say Charles, then you say say Charles. You don't do like this. You don't say you. You say, say his majesty and you bend. But by the Berlin you say Ato and you bent. That's a very awkward thing. You say who? No, not Ato. That was my thing. And she was very impressed. That's a very interesting thing. And then she asked, where do you have that from? Ruven Leuchter Original. You know? <laughs> I just thought about it. It's my own creative thought. And then she said, Ah, by us in the academia, on everything we have to be bring a source. Yeah? And then I told her, ah, original thinking, ah, original, wow, original. It was the last time she spoke with me, you know? <laughs> no more speaking. That's our intellectual place. Google internet, sources, and your own thought is not valued altogether. Vayishach Odom, Vayishpal Ish. There is no depth in a human being altogether. Why? We have endless resources. We can quote from today till tomorrow. We can import knowledge. We can import money. We can import goods. And there is nothing to grow with. Nothing. You expand the whole time. It's one of the biggest problems we have in our time. That's a problem of affluence not connected to money altogether. It's a problem of approach to a limitless availability of resources. Yeah? So that has to be once dealt with. How do we get out of that? My own, this, I speak out my, oh, really my own... Um, my own experience in my life that I, I came to learn in yeshiva very late. No, I, I learned yeshiva for the age 20. I was, 
I come from a non-frum home, and I went to yeshiva a little bit, first in Beit HaKerem, the way we spoke beforehand, for six months, and then I went to the Swiss army. I know how to shoot, be careful. And then I, I, afterwards I went to study uh, mathematics, and then for some reasons, Hashem gave me the idea I should go back to yeshiva. So I went to Miru Yeshiva. So by the age of 20, I began to know how to, to read a Toysa somehow, you know? But I don't have this tremendous knowledge. I, I learned, I don't know whether you learned in Miru Yeshiva. Learned in Miru Yeshiva one? No? You don't know. So in Miru Yeshiva, someone learned there? No? Yeah. What? You learned. You know Chatzel Cohen? Chatzel Cohen? No? You know Osha Arieli? Okay, Osharili. So Osharili was in my Chabura. I learned Chabura with his brother Shmuel. Chatzakon is a is a person which you can't imagine how a big Ilu he is. And was a Chabura of his. But he knew Kol Shas. Chatzakon can make like this, and then half Shas goes through in this way, and then he makes like that, and then the half Shas goes through that way. You know, so it was, it's unbelievable. Talmud Chacham really non. It's unbelievable. The Talmud Chacham Shabbai. I cried a lot of times when I would begin to learn by the age of three. I also would know a lot, you know, but I know Gurnish. So what do I have to do? I have to deal with resources which are limited. What shall I do? I, 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 I don't have the resources. I, I, I deal with the text, you know. I deal with what it says. But then I have to deal with it. And suddenly I see things which others don't, others don't see. They don't see it. Yeah? I read the text and then yeah, but no, he doesn't see it. Why? Because he's not used to that. He's used to, to for information gathering. No, I'm not, because that's not the point. I have to think. I have to measure up with, the, with my limited resources. That makes you that you have to go into the depth. You have to do that. You have no other choice, you know? So that is my own personal experience, and that was my quarrel with the Eutzra I have a neighbor which told me, Leuchter, you look, well, in the end, whatever you will say in anything in Teure, somehow that will be written in the Eutzerach Hochme somewhere. That's what he said. So that's like a picurus a little bit, Rabonon, that's right. So it's like a modern thing to say. I was very enraged on him. It was Shabbos, so I couldn't give him a fist. You know, it's a Eutzerach Dam, it's also. But I, I, I told him only this. I said, you have to know that there are not too many people which have such a crooked head like Leuchter. So believe me, what I think in Torah, others don't think, you know? So that will not be written in in, in No, no, I have my own thought. But it comes out of limited resources. I don't quote, I don't, no, no, I have to go and try to be bigger, a deeper understanding. That is the way you have to deal with. But when there is limited, re- unlimited resources, then you don't do that. No, you are not. You just go for the import of knowledge or for the import of goods or whatever it is. You don't build really something big. And then he says, alti Because there's no other layer there. Why should you give, forgive that? There's no, there's no human being left. So that is Yeshayon. I think this problem has to be addressed. And we have to find a way how to restore this kind of humanity in ourselves and in our children. To have that joy of limited resources and growing through that. Not limited resources and say, 
Sameach Bechelka, you know, just be quiet. That's what you have, and that's also enough for you. That's wrong. No, the limited resources make you grow. Have an original solution. You will have an own thought. You'll grow through that that you can't import now. You'll grow through it. You'll find something how to do that. But it is, together with these limited resources, that is the growth of a human being which we want. So we have to restore that in our educational system. The, uh, today, the educational system, I, and I don't know in, in the in the in the um, in the secular world, the educational system includes the internet. That is including that you are encouraging children that they should write an essay based on importing knowledge, and that's that's legitimate today. You can't stop that. We are not able to stop that either. That is the cousin of the of the internet. That's the. You can't really stop that. Stum. That means you can't really assume that it doesn't happen. You can't do that because it happens. They are, and we have to find a way to give them, the children and to ourselves, the geschmack that we are not going, we are not opting for that way of unlimited resources. We are opting for a way of limited resources but growth, another layer. And another layer, and another layer, because I can't expand like this. So I better want to expand. I want to be more, but I can't do it like this. I have to do it like that. Ah, now I build a human being. Now I do something with myself. So that is the problem of unlimited resources. So when you, I still go on, go further on, we go further. You still have, it's still interesting. So, so now there is an opportunity in, 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 in affluence too. There's an opportunity. But when we are thinking very carefully about what I try to explain, the problem of unlimited resources is when it is focused on you. The opportunity of affluence is that affluence has to be pointed towards the community. That's also in money and also in your own bigger resources when it's intellectual or other skills you have, and you have a broader, more rich palette of possibilities. Is it money-wise or is it skill-wise? The point is, it's not for your own sake. Richness is always there for the community, for others. There's a deep reason for that. Not because of fundraising, you know, it's not, that's not the point. The deep reason is because the, the demands of the community are very, a big variety, are very, very fine, are various demands. And in order to cover these demands, you need a lot of aspects of a personality or a lot of aspects of ideas, what could be done in a productive way in the community in order to cover these different needs. That's why affluence, that means endless or endless or bigger resources, they are there for the community. That is the core point of the of the, of the switch between the problem and the opportunity. Affluence is not the opportunity for yourself. For a person himself, affluence is always a thing he has to know how to deal with that in a limited way. 
has to limit himself. But when you have these more possibilities going on in your own personality or with your own money resources or whatever that is, the point of the opportunity is the community because there you can make a difference. And now that's a very, very deep thing. When let's say we have money and let's say you want to, you have money to distribute because doesn't matter, matter how much, but you want to do it in a right way, and then you say the rabbi will decide where to give, because that's the most clean and the most holy thing, that the rabbi will decide where to give. This is the biggest mistake you, you could do. No, you have to decide, it's your decision, because you have this affluence, and you have to know and to decide where you think it's a good thing to do. Because that's the way the community at large will have all the needs met. When you have only one rabbi, which will, he will decide where to distribute money, for example, then there are certain parts of the community which will be left out. Because the rabbi doesn't have those parts of the community under his screen. That's right. So that is a big problem. So that's why Hashem gave all these different skills and money or whatever it is to different people that they themselves should decide where and how to put that to the service of the community. That's why you have resources. So I can't really speak about affluence in that sense of money. I was together with people. I was together with people as a person which became, um, which he had money, but because of some reasons was not inherited, but a similar thing that he, and not the lottery, not the lottery, but he got in, in, uh, in, in one day, he got, uh, I think it was a $300 million. Nicht yeah? Ganz gut. Everyone over here thinks I would want to have that. No. You don't want. Because when you are, he came to me and he cried because he said, I have to be responsible to the community and I don't want that. I don't want to have the responsibility to give out $10 million a year or whatever, however he gives out. I have to give out that. I have to do it in a responsible way. I want to learn. I want to keep on my normal life till now. And I, it will be impossible for me. And that was a big stress on the person, on the family, on, the, on whatever you want. Because it is a big achrayis. I never understand that. Uh, but that is more a, a, a joyful way to say it. I never understand that. I know very big in which they have a gabite stalker. Yeah, they have a gabite stock which he decides where to give the money. So I never understand why doesn't he have a gabai for the business and he himself gives out the stock because he has the money in order to be toimich. To, do you think, do you need $300 million in order to live yourself? You can't use that money, you know. You can't use it in a normal way. So you got it in order to do something with it. So why Hashem gave it to you? In order you should do something with it. So where do you have to put the gabai? Not in the stock. That's why you got it. You have to be yourself deciding. The gabai can't run the business. Vakasha. Gabai, you'll run my business. I will deal with the stock. It goes the other way around. You know, you run the business. And the gabai, he gives, uh, it's very modern because now you have to decide where. 
It's that's why you have these resources. That is the opportunity of affluence is that the resources you have, you have to know how to use it for the tzibur. This is true for everything you have. You know, I, I'm standing now here uh, the way Rabbi Sean said that, um, that um, I have a problem. He said only he has a problem. I have a problem, a bigger problem than you, that people, um, I am now invited by the Aguda Convention. I Afterwards, I will go home I, with a new Herschel on my forehead, you know. So, uh, so I'm invited from there. And um, also in Eretz Yisrael, it's a big, it's, it's a new thing for me. I don't know how to deal with that. But all of my life till now, yes, I, I may tell that, I tell it to you. I, I, I tell it to you. Yes, I know that I can't think different than other people. I know that. Yeah, it's way crazy how to think like that. But I know I think in a way which other people don't think. Now, that those are resources which are available to me. And they're available to me. Now, I could say, okay, now, ha, ha, ha. No, no. <laughs> and, and I sit in my own ivory tower. And I think that I am so bl- blessed with a... Ah, and then what? No, I'm obligated to the community, you know, because I got that because of the community. So where do I invest that? Drove me crazy. I was once in Kirovuchoykim. I thought I have to invest that in Kirovuchoykim. And then I saw that's perhaps not such a good idea for me. And I went to other places. I had a kirtle. And I had this. And I had that. And I invest in here. And invest in there. I give shiurim. I give shiurim on Sifre Musa. Then I give shiurim on what you give shiurim to now. I give shiurim on that. I give shiurim on all different kinds of things of Sforim. I don't know where I should put down my resources which I got from the Boreolum. I have to do something with that. But it's not there for me, you know, it's not there for me that I should write my autobiography, you know. <laughs> That's why I got resources. No! It's not for me. It's for the Tzibo. All the resources you have, all the affluence you have, the, the mindset, I have that for others. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean, well, for example, I myself, I don't know whether you experience that, and, uh, you, uh, you listen to the shir once in a while, but once in a while when you, have, when, you have, when you listen to a shir, then once in a while you see that Leichter guy gets into a mood where he simply enjoys his own thinking. You know, and I begin. I begin to. Then it's a, it's a it's a terrible shear. I know it's a terrible shear. But I'm just now occupied with that. That I'm so happy that I had a new insight in Nefesh Chaim. I never had that insight. And I begin to dig into that. And it was. And then the people look at me like 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 uh, like someone which just goes off to the moon. You know, and I just do that in front of people. It's not a good idea. That would be when I would use the resources for myself. You for sure have something to do, and I enjoy that. I do it for myself, I sit there. But the, the kivun in general is what can I do for others? Because that's why I got this, 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 these resources, not for myself. No, not for myself. No. But for sure I have to make grow myself. That's a general rule in, in, in resources. For sure you have it for yourself too. But the mindset on this whole thing is it's there for others and then it's an opportunity 
You see, but the first thing we spoke, which is a problem, is when you listen well, it's that you put yourself in the center. Then it's get Then it's nothing left. Because you only enjoy the unlimited resources and you get spread out and there's nothing really created within you. But when you are thinking about the resources as there for others and there your decision and your, your skills are needed, not that you it's there for others and you have to drive yourself crazy, no. It's there for others in a in a in a in a in a way you decide about that in a controlled way. It's there for others, but that's the mindset. Then the the affluence is an opportunity for your own growth. It's an opportunity for the growth of the community because you yourself will grow through that. That you think about how to deliver, how to what is the important thing, what is not the important thing, and that is. That is already uh, a thing which one would have to educate to the people. How do you deal with that mindset that your skills are there for others? How do you deal with that? Yeah? Is the skills? Is it the money? How do you deal with that with your decision-making? Where and what to do with your skills? That's a big educational thing. But that's the way you could grow immensely. Because then you do what you are supposed to do and you will be bigger. You will have more of an insight. You have more of depth in your own personality through that mindset that the resources are there for the community and not for yourself. Okay? So these, those are the two things. Those are the two things. Those are the, uh, the opportunity from one side and this is the, different, the difficulty from the other side. The educational problem that we are facing with the affluence, the way we said the internet and things like this, that begins from very early. The problem, which the problem of, or the, the, the problem, the opportunity that you could grow with that, that kicks in later. Later. Yeah? Because today, this is the, 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 the affluence is coming in to the child in an age where nearly it's impossible to control the old, the old Yetzel. You know, it's stum. Uh, this, is, this is an internet thing, but I want only to open that to, to, to you. Rabbi Soil, which he knew exactly what he says when he speaks about how to work with yourself. Rabbi Soil says, the working with yourself is possi possible only because you can work on your body. That means you can work that you shouldn't move so quickly or you shouldn't, you shouldn't uh, jump so quickly on the food or things or whatever you want to work. You have to work through your body. That's a thing we, which we neglect. But that's what Rabbi Sol says. Our work is a work how to, to, how to relate to that clea, that the, the body helps in working. I give you a dogma from my own life where... Um, where I, I was a young boy, and I remember that Luzerne, which was my hometown, they had a new thing which is called a green wave. That means you come, were able to go through by the green light, and every single time the green light just turned green when you came to the, to the green light. So I was driving a bicycle, and I thought, can I catch with a bicycle just the green light when it always turns you know, quick enough? So I took the bicycle, I made an effort, you know, I was young and vroom, I made an effort and made the last time I was really successful. But from the other side, there was a car which really wanted to go by the, 
light when it turned red already, you know, it just, just turned red and it went through. So I came out, went into that car. So believe me, that was the last time I did it because I wouldn't put in such a big effort to be killed. But by the guy with the car, he was very, he was also shocked, you know, that he made an Avera, you know. I didn't make an Avera, but he made one. So by him, the movement was only like this or like that. It's a question of the pedal of the gas, you know. That's it. Not much. He will not do it next time. But two times around, he'll do it again. Because he doesn't have to put any effort to do that Avera, you know. It's just a, then he's he's through. So that will, that his lesson will last for for an hour. My lesson was a lifetime lesson. I will never do that again because I won't put in an effort to do that because my way how to deal with such a stus is that I see that I control my movements of the body. The problem with the internet is there's no movement involved. You not make a click and then a click and then you're in Gehenna straight, you know, wherever you want. So that is the problem that you are exposed to all your yitzorim without, without, uh, without interface, you would call that, without in-between. There's nothing in-between. Yitzhore is just a click away from the fulfillment, and then you can't work. That's a, it's an it's a extremely dangerous place. And the child is growing up with his yitzhore or with his yitzhore, and he has this uncontrollable exposure to the fulfillment of the Yetzer, which is no effort involved. He doesn't have to go and chop the wood and then put it, make it small and then look where there is any gafrur, you know, or the, the, the matches and then you lighten the thing and then you have to put it close to the place where you want to burn it and then you are a pyroman, you know. Today when I want to be a pyroman I, I, am, I don't know how to do that but I would know to do that, believe me within 10 minutes. And with that over here, three Kalashnikov filled with munition. I can have it in 10 minutes. You have to know where to click. Yeah, we have Mr. Within 10 minutes, you have that by the front door, delivered nicely. You pay enough. You have only 10 minutes and you have that thing in you and then you can open fire, whatever you want. Or perhaps over here in, 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 in Florida, you have to simply go to the neighbor and he has such things in, in his garage. I don't know what's going on. Everything you want. Cocaine, uh, dynamite, TNT, was the willst. I will, I'm able with Gugnisht. There's no effort involved. So how do you want to, to, to hold in? That expansion of the Yetzirah. It's an unbelievable problem we have. Unbelievable problem of this exposure to the limitless resources which they kick in way too early. That's why it is good to mention that first. But there is also a possibility in affluence which that kicks on later because only later in life you open up your horizon for the community. A child age 7, 10, 12, 15, 17, is not really able to think about the community. You try to educate them and to speak about that, but really opening up to the community, that comes by the age of 20 and onwards, you know? 20, 22, 25, you open up to the community a little bit. So, so that comes in much later. It's a difficulty. It is a big difficulty. But I wanted only to present these thoughts in front of you, because I think all of us have to think about these things. 
it's a thing which is uh, which is going around with us in these modern times and I think that is one of the central problems in education ourselves and of our children that is affluence but you have to understand affluence is not only money it is these limitless resources which that's a problem for humankind okay that's what I want to tell you that's it why have I don't have to say but I think I think it, it's a it's a thing one has to think about a little bit. Okay? Otherwise, standing here.